Chapter 18 of Rival Pitchers of Oakdale. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Kenneth Sargent Gagan. Rival Pitchers of Oakdale by Morgan Scott. Chapter 18 A Lost Opportunity. But the game was not to end there for although it continued to sprinkle slightly at intervals, not enough rain fell to lead the umpires into calling time. The playing continued, with both teams fighting hard and wasting no opportunities after the conclusion of the fifth inning. Unaware of this, Springer, who had noted that by hurrying he might possibly be able to catch the mid-afternoon train for the west, ran all the way to the motel, where a room had been provided for the use of the visitors in changing their clothes. He tore off his baseball uniform, yanked on his regular garments, and arrived, panting, at the station, just in time to swing onto the last car as the train was pulling out. By this foolish action, Phil lost a golden opportunity to put himself right with his teammates, for in the eighth inning, with a score 7-2 to two in favor of the visitors, Clearport seemed at last to take Rodney Grant's measure, and, aided by errors on the part of Oakdale, they went after him with a fierceness that threatened to drive him off the slab. Elliot became alarmed, looked round for Springer, desiring him to warm up and make ready. All along the Oakdale captain had supposed Phil to be somewhere near at hand, but now not a trace of him was to be discovered. Making an excuse to do something to the catching mask, Elliot ran to the bench and called Bunk Lander, who was watching the game from a position nearby. Lander, said Roger swiftly, as he fussed with the mask, we're Springer, we need him, bad. I got our idea, said Bunk, that he skipped, saw him go through the gate in a mighty hurry at the end of the fifth. Skipped, muttered Roger, paying no heed to the demands of the clear port crowd that he should play ball. It can't be possible that he... Say, Lander, find Roy Hooker. Quick. Tell him I want him on the bench. If he's loyal to his school, he'll come. I'll set him to warming up anyhow. Bunk went searching for Hooker and discovered him at the far end of the right field bleachers, talking with Herb Radcliffe. Hey, you, Hook, called Lander. Argy Elliott wants you to warm up, for it looks like they're going to knock Grant into a cocked hat. They're going to get him something fierce. you got to save this game for us, if you can. Hooker's face was flushed, and he caught his breath. Was it possible he was to have an opportunity to pitch in that game? Eagerly he started, but Radcliffe's stained fingers gripped his coat sleeve. Are you going to be an easy mark? asked Herbert scornfully. Are you going to let them run you in after a game is lost by another pitcher? Have you forgotten the sort of rotten, shabby treatment you've had to stand by this very bunch that wants to put you up for the sacrifice now? Roy hesitated. Look here, you pale-faced, sneaky, cigarette-suckin' pup, rasped Bunk furiously, and let him alone, or I'll grasp the occasion to hand you the dose of medicine I come so nigh giving you at the last game Saturday. Maybe you can save the game. And it's up to him to try. Anyhow, I suppose you bet some more money against your own school team and want to see it beat. Somebody's going to give you all that's coming to you some day pretty soon. Come on, quick, Hook. 
Roy did not permit Herbert to detain him longer. But he heard and understood some words which were hastily whispered into his ear by the fellow as he was starting away. Meanwhile, Grant had pulled himself together at last, despite the howling of the Clearport crowd, and with the bases full and the enemy only one tally behind, he struck out two men, bringing the rally to an end. Rod's face wore an unusually serious expression as he walked to the bench, at one end of which Elliot stood unbuckling the body protector. "'That sure was a rotten exhibition of pitching,' said the Texan humbly. "'Why didn't you yank me out, Captain?' "'Because,' answered Roger, "'there was no one else to put in. "'Why, Phil, has disappeared. "'Can't find hide nor hair of him. "'I sent for Roy Hooker at last resort, and here he is.' "'Roy came up, his face flushed. Elliot spoke to him quietly in a low tone. "'Springer has deserted us,' he said. "'If I had you on the bench and ready, "'I'd surely send you into the fire line to relieve Grant. "'Get somebody to catch you and limber up your arm. "'I may let you finish the game.' So Hooker peeled off and went at it, warming up well. Oakdale made a desperate but futile effort to gather some more tallies. While his players were striving to solve Oak's delivery, Captain Elliot had a brief talk with Grant. "'You're not wholly to blame for that streak, Rod,' said Roger. "'Those two bad errors helped things along. They sort of got your goat. You ended strong by mowing down Butters and Stoker, and I think perhaps you can go back and finish it out. But he sent for Hooker. He's warming up now. I sent for Hooker as a last resort when you were performing at your worst. Just then I'd try almost anybody in your place, hoping that the chance might put an end to the slaughter. But now, unless you have lost your nerve... Rodney gave Roger a resentful look. I reckon I still got my nerve with me, he said warmly. Then I'm going to let you try and hold them. If they get another run, the game will be tied, and two more runs gives them the victory. You gotta hold them right where they are. I certainly do my level best to hold them. And so it happened that Hooker did not get the chance to pitch in that game, after all. Elliot explained to him that Grant was willing to try to pitch through, but added that he should bench Rod instantly in case he betrayed any bad symptoms. The Texan, however, was cool as a cucumber and steady as a mountain, not even seeming to hear the howling of the crowd which resumed its uproar in an effort to put him off his feet again. Captain Merwin was the first victim, retiring by the strikeout route, and then Ramsdale hit weakly on the ground, being thrown out long ere he could sprint to first. The game ended seven to six in Oakdale's favor when Elliot pulled down a high foul from Oak's bat. "'I'm much obliged to you, Hooker, old chap,' said Elliot cordially. After cheering was over, the boys had started from the field. It was fine and loyal of you to answer my call promptly, as you did. But as long as Rod still had his nerve, I thought it best to let him try to finish out the game. Come along with us. We've got to take two pitchers, and if Springer has taken a huff, you'll likely get chances enough to do some twirling. Although disappointed, because he had not been permitted to pitch in the final inning of the present game, the prospect of possible opportunities in the future cheered Hooker, and he marched from the field with the other players, feeling almost as if he was one of them. Roy was standing on the steps of the hotel, waiting for the boys to dress, when Herbert Ratcliffe approached at a languid saunter, smoking, as usual, and looking rather dejected and cast down. "'I say, Hook,' 
said Herbert. Lend me the price of a ticket back to Oakdale, will you? I've gone clean broke over here, thanks to the rotten luck. You know, I told you at the field that I'd bet my last red on Clearport. Why didn't Elliot put you in to pitch? If he had, you could have saved my money for me without— Look here, Rack, interrupted Roy hotly. If that's the kind of chap you think I am, you've got me sized up wrong. I know I gave you money once to bet against Oakdale, but I'd never throw a game for you or anybody else. Oh, well, sneered Herbert. It isn't likely you'll have a chance. I noticed Elliot didn't let you pitch, after all. He doesn't take any stock in you. Now, don't get hot with me, for we're friends. If I'd bought a return ticket, I'd be all right, but I'm going back on the train with the team, said Hooker. Come over on my motorcycle. I'll let you have it. It'll take you home all right. Ratcliffe looked still more weary. I detest the thing, he said. Come on, old chap. I've only got money enough for my own fare, said Roy. You'll find riding my motorcycle better than walking. That's right, sighed Herbert resignedly. I'll take it. End of chapter 18 Recording by Kenneth Sergeant Gagan